you're listening to Tatiana is Everyone, an Orphan Black podcast. Possibly the Orphan Black podcast with the inside jokiest name ever. I'm your host, Chris. And I'm Stephanie. And if you are new to the podcast, this is the place where we discuss the characters, storylines, themes, all that good stuff regarding Orphan Black. And this is not a spoiler-free podcast. We are discussing the series in its entirety, which as of this recording is the first season. So if you have not seen all of the first 10 episodes, beware there are spoilers ahead. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about Kasima House. Everybody's favorite bespectacled, dreadlocked, tattooed. <laughs> Am I missing Sci- anything? Sciency person. <laughs> yes, the the geek monkey clone. So many, so many descriptors. Well, since we're talking about that, the descriptors, Kasima the scientist, because that is basically how we're really introduced to Kasima. Well, first of all, she's the voice on the phone in in the first. Two episodes, basically. The second episode ends with, with, hey, I'm Kasima. <laughs> I don't know why that's making me laugh. It just, it makes me laugh. Well, I like that she's so nonchalant about it. That's why it makes me laugh. Because, you know, for both Allison and Sarah, it's kind of this dun-dun-dun moment. And Kasima's just like, hey, I'm Kasima. <laughs> she does kind of swing around the, the door and, yeah, like super casual about the whole thing. Yeah. And and speaking of her as a scientist, I think she gets that more nonchalant attitude because of her science background, right? We've talked in our episodes about Allison and Sarah, sort of how they've reacted to finding out they're a clone. And while Sarah also has done pretty well, I think Kasima, from what we've seen, has adapted to the idea the best. I think because she's a, a scientist and is frankly kind of fascinated with herself. Yes. I mean, if anything, Kasima's kind of excited about this whole thing uh, in a weird way. I mean, yes, a little alarmed, I think, also, but that's mostly about the sickness and the implications and such. But but yeah, I mean, she's kind of excited about all this new technological scientific breakthrough, right? Yes, I think she's completely fascinated by the idea of clones and the fact that she is a clone. I think she's just found the best science project of her life, and it happens to be her, you know? Which, of course, is also kind of terrifying, but... Yeah, yeah. Again, that's probably more to do with the uh, sickness that is plaguing them. And also that whole being property, but anyway. <laughs> well, that's... that's They don't find that till later on. But in the beginning, at least, I think she has a really, oh my gosh, this is so cool type of attitude, you know, throughout the season. Although, I mean, again, in that first interaction with Sarah, she's very, very serious at the end of it. And she's handing Sarah her phone and stuff and says, you know, seriously, I need that briefcase. It's life or death. She's very serious in that moment. So, so yes, that's an interesting moment, I think, for a couple of reasons, because I think when you first see that moment because Allison has just made this really dramatic statement that somebody's trying to kill us off, and we of the audience have seen a clone get shot at this point, and Sarah gets shot at. We take that statement Kasima makes to mean there's somebody trying to kill us, therefore the situation is life or death. But when we get to the end of the season, and we see that Kasima is coughing up blood, it kind of makes me rethink that for her... 
she's maybe less bought into this kind of conspiracy theory thing that Allison has and is more concerned with the idea that she might be getting sick just like Katya was. What do you think, Chris? Do you think she's talking about her illness to some extent at that point? Well, see, that's the the interesting thing, too, is by that point, we've seen Katya, we knew Katya was sick. And so, you know, assuming that everybody is genetically identical, which was what they'd stated, I mean, based on that, yes, the rest of them could very well get sick. And that's, you know, motive enough. But there was something interesting I read after that, that was basically talking about how you know, it's entirely possible that Cosima knew she was sick already. That's what I'm saying. I think at that point, that moment is saying, when you go back and you look at it, it's, I think it's saying to me anyway, that she already knew there's something not quite right with her. Because you don't just start coughing up blood. There are other indicators. Right. And when we see her coughing up blood, she doesn't really freak out about it. I mean, not like I would have if it was the first time I'd done that. Right. She looks concerned, but it isn't this like, oh, my God, type of moment. So, yeah, I think I think she knew she was ill before the audience knew she was ill. Right. And again, it's one of those it's hard to say definitively because, of course, the show hasn't said definitively. But rewatching that scene, it does add that level of concern and desperation to it, I guess, would be the the way to put it. Maybe. <laughs> Did I equivocate on that enough? <laughs> yes, I think so. So, so Cosima, going back to Cosima and more of her science role, obviously, making one of the clones a scientist was very convenient for the writers. Cosima does a lot of exposition in regards to the, at least the vagueness of the science behind cloning. And she functions as kind of, I'm a Buffy fan, so I just think of things this way. She functioned as, as kind of the Giles of the, of the clone club group in a lot of ways. I mean, Sarah even contacts her about the knife that she finds, so, you know, and Cosima does research about that, even though it's not related to science really at all. But Cosima is very smart. She is sort of the, the intellectual one of the group and. She, I think, is, you know, she's the one that the the writers use as a vehicle to try to get the audience caught up to at least the vaguest extent of, okay, here's kind of the science of where we're going with this. W- wouldn't you say that's fair how she's used primarily in the in the first few episodes? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the only, well, after the initial episode where we meet Cosima, you know, because she's at Allison's house and then she meets Sarah at the bar. But I think for the next couple episodes, every time we see her, she's either in the lab or talking on the computer to uh, Sarah and Felix, again, about exposition and research. So, so yeah, I mean, that is the primary context uh, we have for, for Cosima at the beginning, before she gets her own storyline. But even her storyline is very, very wrapped up in sort of the science of cloning. Oh, of course. But, I mean, we move away from exposition to some extent there. Right. Sort of. Although that's also wrapped up in exposition. But <laughs> but it's the first season and they're doing setup, so. Yeah. Well, and, and because Cosima lives in, in Minnesota, she doesn't live in the Toronto area with Sarah and Allison. She's sort of the the clone of the clone club, I think, we see the least or sort of has the 
least developed story or not least developed but sort of the the smallest storyline in the first season because i think she's so separate from the rest of the the clones it's much easier to work allison into an episode because she's where sarah is right i am actually you know that's that's a large reason i'm looking forward to season two is getting more interaction with kasima in the group assuming that kasima's still going to be hanging around i I, of course, don't know. I know nothing of season two except for what they tell me, but... Right. Well, she is in Toronto when the season ends, so at least she's starting out there, but, you know, she still does have school back in Minneapolis, so we'll see where they take the storyline, and I'm I'm hoping they'll keep Kasima around, because I really do like seeing her interacting with the other two clones, and it's not quite the same over the computer. I mean, it's not bad, but it's not quite the same via Skype or whatever they're using. Although it probably is easier on the VFX people. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> is what I keep thinking. But it's that true. probably means I'm thinking like, too no, much about behind the scenes. No, stuff. it's not easier to have her here. <laughs> <laughs> Although they, Tati they Maslany say, is thinking, no, no, it's not easier. <laughs> <laughs> I have to be in this scene how many times? <laughs> 14. You can do it. <laughs> <laughs> It'll take us three months. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, there was something, uh, there was an interview, they they did say that she'll be interacting more with Felix next season, so. Ooh, Kasima it's been, and Felix. It's been said, so I'm hoping they, they stick with that, because I want to see that. <laughs> I do, too. I do, too. But yeah, because I feel like Kasima, especially in the, in the first few episodes, what you know about her, she's the science clone, and she tends to get really good lines. Not as good as Felix. I think Felix sort of takes the cake in there, but she tends to get really good little little one-liners. But so I think that like immediately sort of makes you warm to Kasima because she she is kind of this uh, uh, the lightest of the clones. She has sort of the best outlook generally. She, uh, but and and you know, and she says funny things. So I think that that helps like I don't know make you like Kasima and have sort of a soft spot for Kasima pretty fast, even though you don't see her as much. Because she wanted to float that whole clone thing a lot softer. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Oh, dear. But yeah, actually, your, your talk about uh, Kasima being the lightest of the, the clones, or at least from what we've seen, that's basically what Tatiana Maslany said in response to the, uh, the Ask OB questions, the... Why is Kasima the hot one? I believe that was part of her response, is that, you know, at least on the surface, Kasima is the, the lightest of the clones, and she smiles the most of them, the and, and sincere smiles, too. Because we actually see Sarah smile a fair amount, like, when she was trying to get the money from the bank and that sort of thing, but that's all, it's all fake smiling. <laughs> it's It's part of the show. But Kasima's very genuine and, you know, she's prone to smiling. Especially when she's being charmed by Delphine. I just think she looks adorable when she's all smiley at Delphine. <laughs> I think we all think that, but... But going back to why Kasima's is the hot one, do you have any other personal theories as to why Kasima's the hot one? Because I, I, have, I have something. I <laughs> oh, I've, I've stated my main point is... The smile. Uh, the smile. Capital T, capital S. The smile. Okay. But that's, you know, that's me. <laughs> See, I think because, I don't know, I feel like 
for me anyway, Sarah and Kasima are tied for the hot one. I don't know that either one of them is more attractive than the other. I find Sarah very attractive. I, maybe it's because when Tatiana Maslany is speaking in a, with a British accent, she, her voice goes a little deeper. And I don't know. I like that. But I think partially what makes Kasima kind of the hot one is I feel like she is sort of the most comfortable with herself of all of the clones. because That's a very solid point. Yeah, because Allison, clearly not very comfortable with who she is. Sarah more so, but just by the fact that she's, you know, on the run and not really settled down at the beginning of the series. And half the time we see her, she's not actually herself. (laughs) Exactly. I feel like Sarah gets more comfortable with herself over the course of the season. But from the start, Kasima's just like, bam, this is who I am. I'm awesome. I like me. And I think that has a lot of appeal for people, people who are just really comfortable with who they are. Yeah, I agree. Now that now that you mention it, that is, that's a really good point. And there was some interview, or maybe several interviews with Tatiana, where she was talking about the different upbringings of the clones. And she was talking about how she thinks that Kasima's parents really brought her up to feel like she was special and cute and all this sort of thing. And so, you know, she sort of embodies that now. And and you, you guys should see me. I am talking with my hands, uh, not unlike Tatiana does when she's talking about Kazima. But <laughs> of you I ta- just talk with my to hands be anyway. Fair, yeah, you do talk with your hands a lot, but it does get worse when you talk about Kazima. <laughs> I don't know why, you guys. It just does. <laughs> so, getting to Kazima's main storyline, it was. Well, I guess she kind of, two-part, I guess, she had sort of her relationship with Delphine, which was very much intertwined with her interactions with Dr. Leakey. And I find Kasima and her interactions with Delphine pretty interesting, not just because I think they're pretty cute, but because we have Kasima meeting Delphine and clearly being completely charmed by this woman. Even though when she's talking to Sarah about her, she describes Delphine as wanting to be friends. Sure, Kasima. Sure. <laughs> but, you know, Sarah tells her stay away. And Kasima's like, no, no, no. I've got the upper hand. I'm going to monitor the monitor. And then suddenly, wait a minute, I'm naked and I'm getting her ice cream. How did this happen? Um, I mean, I- <laughs> you know darn well how that happened. <laughs> Kasima, yes. But I think it's pretty adorable the way Kasima's like, no, 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 I totally am. No, 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 Kasima, that's totally an excuse <laughs> to try to get into Delphine's pants. Just own up to it. <laughs> but I think she believes herself. I think she really believes that she could. I think it, it was an excuse. But at the same time, when she realizes that Delphine gave Sarah's name to Dr. Leakey, She's, like, really upset with herself, saying, you know, I was so stupid, blah, 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 blah. So I think she kind of convinced herself that that is why she was trying to trying to build some sort of friendship with Delphine or relationship with Delphine was because she thought she could monitor the monitor. And, of course, it is one of those things when, when she starts off telling all this to Sarah, you're kind of like, you know, you don't really believe her, but then you kind of wonder if she believes herself. You know what I mean? Like, how much of it is... A reason and how much of it is an excuse and I don't know. Where I was going with that. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> this, well, do you this have the conversation you and I had earlier? Oh, yes, it's true. Well, you you had said that you feel like you you feel like Casima and Delphine's relationship 
reveal a lot about Cosima. So did you have any specific things you wanted to name in regards to that? Well, I guess part of the, the thing that's sort of fascinating to me about the relationship is how it starts off with the nerd flirting, you know, because... <laughs> oh, these are killer grades. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? I mean, that... that that's such a great line. <laughs> I know. And I love later when Cosima is is listing to Delphine, how, you know, the th- parts of her relationship that obviously were set up. It's like, you left that report card out on purpose. Like, Delphine knew that, oh, this is how I get this girl is by killer grades. <laughs> <laughs> I love the idea that the report card was strategic. <laughs> I guess it was a transcript, not a report card, but... <laughs> Although... I mean, thinking about it, was it deliberate in terms of the nerd flirting? Because Delphine seemed surprised that Cosima kissed her. Oh, I don't think that she was necessarily trying to f- form a romantic attachment with Cosima, but I do think that she thought leaving the transcript would at least interest Cosima. Okay. Does that make sense? Like this this is how I get this girl's interest. Yeah. So even if Cosima was not was not queer, even if she did not, you know, did not date women, I, I, I think I just think that's adorable that Delphine was like, this is how I get her to to want to be my friend is for you know, transcript. <laughs> and it worked so well. <laughs> it did. It did. So yeah, so it wasn't here, let's talk about how we both really love Buffy the Vampire Slayer. It's it's here, report card. You know <laughs> transcript is going to impress her. <laughs> Enchante. <laughs> Enchante. <laughs> uh. I I must admit, this is slightly off topic, but I was I was very heartbroken to find out that Evelyn Brochu does not actually have a French accent. That that was one of those weird moments. Like everybody else on the show, she's an accent faker. <laughs> Big faker. Well, except for Mrs. S. That's Maria true. Doyle Kennedy does actually have an accent, but everybody else on the show, big faker. <laughs> oh, when I was watching this with my cousin, and I don't know why I find this so interesting, but I'm going to go ahead and talk about it. One of my cousins I was watching this with, we were watching the scene where Cosima goes in to kiss Delphine for the first time, and my cousin says, oh, she's going to try to kiss her to get rid of her to make her uncomfortable <laughs> or something like this. And I, I think I gave her the, like, the strangest look because, like, really? That's what you're getting from this? Because, you know, again, the aforementioned nerd flirting, which seemed very obvious to me, but I don't know. No, I, I, that was not my reaction. I'll just I say that. I don't think it was I, I most mean, people's reaction. I don't know where I'd it be came curious, from. But. Yeah, I'd be curious if anybody else did think that. But no, I was pretty convinced that Cosima had a thing for Delphine. Well, and I mean, this is well into it by this point, too. I mean, there'd been the initial nerd flirting. Then there'd been the trip to the Neolution talk by Dr. Leakey. Again, where Cosima's like clearly kind of being flirty and... They had the jogging. And, and they had the jogging. There was total nerd flirting after the jogging. There was. And Cosima had that look when Delphine went in for the, the cheek kisses at the end there. Mm-hmm. Like, Cosima mm-hmm. was clearly smitten by that point. I mean, she'd been smitten before that, let's be honest. But again, the look on her face at that point, completely smitten, very clearly to me. And then uh, I think after that was the 
dinner that they had where Dr. Leakey showed up. And again, Cosima... Dude ruins everything. Which is what Cosima's face said, too, when he shows up. Yes. Cosima was like not happy to have a third party there. <laughs> not happy. But yeah, I mean, because it's right after that that there's the kissing, and my cousin's like, oh, she's trying to get her to leave. And like, that's... That's not what's no, happening. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. She's trying to get her to stay. <laughs> like, I think you're confused here. I'm, I don't know. So the other, the other, the second half, I guess, of Kasima's storyline involving Dr. Leakey, speaking of Dr. Leakey, ruins everything. <laughs> I was a little unconvinced by that storyline. It felt to me that there was kind of a convenient jump in Kasima's attitude toward the Diet Institute and Dr. Leakey. But again, I watched this this series very quickly. I watched it over the course of just a couple of days. So my perspective is from kind of a binge-watching perspective. Because it felt like when Dr. Leakey sat at the table and, or I guess when they initially went to the Neolution lecture and then Dr. Leakey joined them at dinner... Kasima seemed pretty hostile toward the idea of the Dyad Institute. And I mean, yeah, Dr. Leakey gave her some literature, and there was some suggestion that Kasima had been looking at their what they did. But it just felt like this big jump from I'm going to, to call you on the fact that they don't put they don't put scientists on the cover of Scientific American to this place is really awesome, Sarah. You need to give them a chance, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I do see what you're saying. I don't know that I'd necessarily go with hostile as my preferred word choice. She does maybe start off kind of hostile, but I think it just becomes or, or is more rooted in being deeply skeptical of all of that. She's pretty frosty, though. Oh, she you is. To, I mean, you have to admit all that talk about, uh, oh, he's got a language chip, I think is what Dr. Leakey says. You know, Kasima, of course, just immediately calls him on it. So, so again, it's one of those, I don't know, I don't know that it's hostility so much, but I, I do think she's like extremely skeptical of them. And so I see where you're coming from in, in terms of the, the turnaround there, but I can also see how maybe, maybe to some extent it's one of those things where you've got that knee jerk reaction to all this sort of thing. And then after looking at the actual, you know, stuff that she'd been looking at the papers or the website or I don't know, whatever it was that I, I guess, again, that whole thing of Kasima being just very excited about the science aspects of things. I, I guess it doesn't seem utterly far fetched to me that she could have changed her perspective on the whole thing. I guess I would have liked just maybe one scene. I get it. They only had 10 episodes. They had to pack a lot in. But I guess I could have used one scene maybe where either she or she and Delphine started looking at the dyad material and you could see her getting interested rather than just jumping to, oh, I looked at the dyad material and it's really cool. I don't know. I, I, I personally maybe needed a little more progression, a gradual progression. I will concede that. I, I think there was some of that in, I want to say it was episode eight. I think it was episode eight when Delphine shows up and. But by then she was already pretty excited, in my opinion. Okay, fair enough. But I mean, she she starts talking to Delphine about the stuff that she'd just been looking at and how exciting it was. So again, yes. the implication that she had been looking at the stuff. I, I can see where you'd want a scene 
where she actually maybe was looking at that stuff and was maybe in the process of changing her mind. I I get that. I don't know. But that was that's just was just my my perspective. There was just a little too much of a jump from Frosty toward Dr. Leaky to defending Dr. Leaky to Sarah. So. Mhm. But that's just me. And again, I had a week between point A and point B, so it didn't feel quite as abrupt to you. Apparently not. <laughs> again, it, I understand the whole that that's a fairly big change of opinion, but I don't know. Eh. Tatiana has mentioned before that this relationship with Delphine has actually really sort of revealed a lot about Cosima, because of course, you know, Cosima's this genius, this scientific genius, but she's basically sort of she's sort of dumb in this relationship. You know, as as you brought up earlier, because she knows that Delphine is involved with or, or she thinks that Delphine's a monitor, basically. And as you were She has good evidence to believe that this is true. And and so of course convinces herself that well, it's still going to be okay to to get involved with all this, whatever this is. And that whole sort of knowing that you shouldn't, but wanting it badly enough that you do it anyway, which I think is sort of interesting. And there was another thing, too. I was reading, uh, I think it was an interview with Graham Manson, and Graham Manson was talking about how one of the traits that all the clones have in common is that they, ha- they make rash decisions or, or are prone to rash behavior. And I think this is really what we see from Cosima here, right? This is her big rest decision is to pursue a relationship with Delphine, even though she knows pretty well that she's probably a monitor. Right. But it's one of those, you know, it, and it also feeds into the other thing that Tatiana is always talking about, where she's just like very sort of passionate about, you know, science and people and all this sort of thing. And it, to me, it's all sort of a combination of those things where she's just sort of like so interested or invested or whatever that she just decides she's going to go for it, even though it's a terrible idea <laughs> or potentially a terrible idea. Because she really just goes full steam ahead into this whatever this is. And of course, it didn't turn out that well. Uh, well, I guess how it ultimately turns out is debatable, but... You know, there's the the confrontation in episode nine where there's yelling and screaming to get out and all this sort of thing. And oh yeah, I didn't talk about that scene. I think we should talk about that scene, right? That's kind of a rough Casima scene. That's the one scene where I'm sort of like, oh, Casima, yeah. <laughs> well, because in general, I love Casima. Uh, she's probably. Well, I have trouble picking a favorite comb, but I love Cosima. But that's the one time where I really cannot condone Cosima's behavior. I get it. She was upset. She felt betrayed. And she had been betrayed. This woman had been spying on her. However, to make that comment she does about how, you know, it was obvious that it was Delphine's first time with the woman. That was a low blow. That was a low blow, Cosima. Yep. But again, it's one of those things, to me anyway, that's that's Cosima acting out because she's mad at herself. I mean, she's mad at Delphine too, yes, but I think that whole scene, she's mad at herself. 
possibly more than she's mad at Delphine because she knew that Delphine was. I mean that that's part of her whole speech to Delphine. It's like I knew you were working with them, but but I convinced myself and all this sort of thing. Yes, no. Yeah, yeah. No, I think I think I think she is really mad at herself in in that situation because I I think you're right. I think this is a this is Kasima's rash decision. She isn't. We don't see quite as impulsive behavior from her that that we do from Sarah and Allison. I mean, I guess she does still whine from the new illusionists but she's she's much less compulsive or impulsive excuse me she's much less impulsive than the other two in clone club at least so yeah so this this was her big sort of rash decision and obviously did not did not go too well it uh well like you said outcome is debatable <laughs> but <laughs> which i kind of appreciate that because essentially this whole relationship is kasima sort of taking a gamble and you know she's sort of betting on delphine ultimately not betraying her. And really, ultimately, she kind of did, but she kind of didn't. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. Delphine held out about Kira. But yes, just that here, Kasima's it's her big rash decision. And it's this huge gamble, essentially, whether or not Delphine is on her side. And I think, again, we don't know, but I think by the end of the season, it did turn out that Delphine was a good bet. Does that make sense? Because Delphine shows back up and she does help her when she really needs help. And especially since she confides in her at the end that she is sick. And as far as we know, that's the only person she's told, right? Yes. As for, as for whether it, it pans out or not, I don't know. I just really got to see next well, season. Sure, but for in Cosima's viewpoint, yes, maybe at this point, at least it turned out okay. But me as a viewer, I, I just have to wait and see. And I get that. But until I know otherwise, I'm going to assume it's okay, which is maybe setting okay. myself up for a fall. I don't know. But um, I'm happier thinking that way until April. So <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Whatever you need to get you through the cold months. Yes. It, it makes me happier to think that Cosima is, for the moment, safe with Delphine. Uh, again, I might have my heart ripped out in April. I don't know. But... But that's the way it is. <laughs> Being too involved in, in a show. So as far as season two goes, obviously we have this hanging storyline of Cosima and her illness. I have a feeling probably she and Delphine will be working on that together since that is within Delphine's expertise as a scientist. And then we have a little bit of spoiler suggesting that Cosima and Felix will spend, be spending some time together. But sort of beyond those two things that are, are probably probably fairly obviously going to happen, do you have any other wishes for Kasima in regards to storyline? I guess I do want more resolution in terms of the dyad situation, just because we don't really have it. Because we know Leaky gave her the genetic code, and we know that he was holding out on the genetic code. Uh, at least that's what Delphine said, so... Again, assuming Delphine's not still working for Leaky, that's something that's... Well, I guess that whole thing is really left-hanging, isn't it? Mm-hmm. As I just talked myself in a circle. But anyway, just something I'd like to see. I'd like to see interaction with Kasima and Mrs. S and Kira, just because we haven't gotten that either. And maybe that's a weird wish to have, but... Yeah, I personally, my big thing actually, 
of all the parents of clones that we haven't met, I guess there's really not that many. I I kind of want to meet Kasima's parents the most, so I I would I would like for that to happen. I don't know that that's in anywhere in the realm of possibility, but I'm really curious to meet her parents. Yeah, I guess we well we haven't seen Allison's parents either. We've heard about them, mm-hmm. but yeah, that would be would be an interesting thing to see, or, or just really an interesting way to expand the world of the show too. Having having the parents show up because. Partially, I, I'm kind of curious to meet them just who they are as people to have raised a daughter like Kasima. But I'm also wondering, Kasima mentions that both her parents are scientists, which is why she has a big interest in science. And when we meet Amelia, Amelia mentions that she had been asked to be a surrogate for people who she realized were scientists and not actually, or more interested in the baby as scientists, not really because they wanted to parent the baby. And I don't think this is the case of Kasima's parents, but I'm curious if Kasima's parents might have been diet scientists. Hmm. I actually hadn't considered it. Um, there was the one scene where Sarah was talking about how Kasima and Allison's parents both had in vitro, I think is what she says, that they had wanted a baby and, and gotten in vitro. She says that, but... I mean, I know that that's basically just going off of information that she was given by Kasima and Allison, but Right. And if you and if Kasima's parents were diet scientists, it's not like they would have told her. So. Right. <laughs> hmm. See, I hadn't even thought about it. Again, I don't even I, I don't think that's the case. I think probably they were just another set of parents who were interested in doing in vitro. But I that popped into my head the other day that oh I wonder if they might have been diet scientists or whatever organization is ultimately controlling the clone experiment. You know, it, maybe they were scientists for that organization. Hmm. In which case, were they the one of the control groups that was set up to do like the opposite of whatever the scientists who raised Rachel Duncan were? <laughs> maybe. Since since Rachel's the only other one we know was raised within the organization and is not like Kasima at all from what we've seen. So let us know your thoughts about Cosima. We would love to hear them. You can send us an email at feedback at tatianaiseveryone.com. You can also call and leave a message on our listener voicemail line at 972-514-7223. You can also follow us on Twitter at TIE Podcast. And that wraps up our episode on Cosima. And we hope you'll join us next week when we talk about Helena. Thank you for listening.